We are wrapping up this series tripping and we've been talking about road trips and this destination and the idea of being on a journey and the rules of the road and all the things we've been talking about. So as we end this series, it's kind of ironic to me. So I have this problem when I go on trips. I don't know if anybody else is like this. Um, When I go somewhere, I'm very excited to go. Um, Oftentimes we'll start our trip a day before we even have to go because I'm just excited to get on the road. I love my family. We love staying at hotels. I know some people don't. Uh, We love staying in hotels. It just feels cool sometimes. And so what happens is we will get on this trip. We'll start early. Um, I can't wait to get there. Like, I I can't, like, even beach camp next week. I'm going with the high school kids, me and my wife and my kids. And we're super excited to be down there with high school kids at the beach, you know. And it's going to be great. And I can't wait to get down there. Um, And I don't want to leave. Like, so, so when I'm at the beach, I don't know about you guys, but, like, Wednesday rolls around and you're already starting to think, like, oh, Saturday's coming I'm going to have to leave, and you're just like, I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave, I want to be here, I want to move there, I'm going to move there, just so you guys know, I made the comment last week, if I'm here next year, I'm going to be here next year, two years, I can't promise you guys that, but uh, so, you know, I don't want to leave, but then I have this really neurotic thing, and I don't know if anybody relates to this, there becomes a tipping point when I know the trip's about to end, and I can't wait to get back, do you guys know what that's like? And so it's like 5 a.m., I'm like, all right, we're on the road. We need to leave. We need to get home. We need to do this. And it's this weird thing where it's like I can't wait to get there and experience everything. But then as I know the trip is about to end, I change all of a sudden, and I can't wait to get back. And, and I almost get, like, neurotic about it and, like, we got to leave. we got to be at this time. we got to do all of this. And it drives my family crazy. And I don't know if you guys have this experience, but it's this part of us that we want to be somewhere, we want to go on a trip, we want to have a destination in life, we want to have the journey, but then there always comes a point where we're like, oh, but I also want to be here. I want to be somewhere else. I want to go back home. I want to go on a different trip. Now, why is it that we do that, that we're so excited, and Jerry Seinfeld has this whole bit, I won't do it because he's way funnier than I am, but he has this whole bit about this idea of like we get somewhere, you know, and then as soon as we get there, where are we at? We want to be somewhere else. We think about the next place we have to go or the next thing we have to do, and you know, part of that is, and I don't know if you guys have ever had this, have you ever had a trip that you were super excited about and it doesn't go well? You ever had that? The first time we took our kids to Disney World, uh, I was running a marathon down there, and so uh, we were going to stay for a couple days afterwards and let the kids um, experience Disney, and my daughter got sick on the way down, and you know, we're sitting there, and we're thinking about how much money we just spent to go to Disney. They say it's the happiest place on the world. It is a lie from the devil. It is not the happiest place. It is so expensive, and you're just thinking about how much money you just spent, but so what's funny is my, my daughter got sick, and so... Uh, we have this, we actually did this. We took a point because they gave you like this little map. We pinned all the places she threw up in the park. I mean, it was just like two days of her like throwing up. We're like, do you want to see this princess? Yes, I want to see this princess. She'd go see the princess and then she'd immediately throw up. I mean, she threw up in Ariel's lair. She threw up in Cinderella's castle. She threw up all over the place. Uh, and so we left the day early. After, it was just like this horrible thing. Uh, have you ever gone to the beach? And then you get to the beach, and the weather in Kentucky is better than it is at the beach. You ever done that one? Yeah, that's the worst, right? And so sometimes things just don't go as planned, and so we're ready to get back. Um, sometimes we get to places, and it's not what we were expecting, right? A couple years ago, we were going to visit uh, Jamie's aunt in Maryland, and so um, we decided to stay in Norfolk, Virginia. 
And so I couldn't find any um, hotels near kind of the coastline. So I eventually found this one, and it had the highest reviews for this area. And I was like, oh, you know, it's got the good reviews and all this stuff. So we get there, and the reason it had the highest reviews in the area is because all the other hotels were the worst. And so we get there, and the first night we get there, they're having a party in the parking lot of the hotel. Not the hotel. <laughs> the neighbors are using the parking lot for the hotel as a party. And it's like this huge party. So then the next day we get out. We got there late at night. We get out there and we go to the, the beach. They call it the beach. It was not the beach. Um, it was a strip of sand. And in the middle of the strip of sand, apparently there used to be a pipeline that ran through there. And so they have this giant pipe. And I can't even describe Like My whole family could have fit inside this pipe that just comes up out of the sand and out into the ocean and it's just dripping into the water, this like green stuff. We don't know what it was, right? And we were like, this is terrible, right? And so we were like, we can't wait to get out of here. But then part of it is, let's be honest, sometimes we get on a trip and things go well, but we're just ready to leave. Or we think about the next trip that we want to take and, and we want to go. And so here's why I say all this is no matter how excited you get to be somewhere, Part of what you eventually realize when you take a trip, when you take a journey, when you're on a destination is there's going to be another destination. No trip you've ever taken for the most part is going to be the final trip. There's going to be other places you're going to go, other things you're going to experience. Okay, And so every trip that we find ourselves on, every destination that we're on our way to, what we have to realize sometimes is this isn't it. This is temporary. This is the season. Now, there is a final destination, which is the great equalizer for all of us, but that's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is when we're going through life and journeying through life, the realization that everything that we experience, for the most part, is temporary, and that there's going to be other trips and other seasons, okay? So I was studying up on the life of Moses for a series we're going to do later in, in the fall. And, and I was trying to figure out, like, is there stuff about Moses that, like, people just don't know? And so I'm, like, combing through all these, like, books and articles and papers that people have written. And one of the things that struck me about Moses, and Moses is, like, if you're not familiar with church, it's like he's a big deal in the world of religion. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all kind of trace their, their stories back to this story of this guy of Abraham and then eventually this story of Moses. And there's connections within literally... Religious groups, two-thirds of the world, have connections to this story of Moses. And so it's like a big deal, and everybody kind of knows this story. Even if you've ever grew up in church, you know the Prince of Egypt, and you've heard of the Ten Commandments and this stuff. But I was thinking about, like, Moses and his life. And, and think about this. So, like, when we look through his life, I mean, he's got this one experience where he's, he's a shepherd, and he's up on this mountain, and God speaks to him, right? Now, let's be honest. For most of us in this room or watching online or listening later, God speaking to us, like actually speaking to us, like that would be it, right? Like that would be like the, 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 the mecca of spiritual experiences we could experience, right? And so that would be one thing. We'd be like, well, that would be enough, all right? But then he gets called to free the people from Egypt. Um, and so there's these signs that he's going to do. And like there's this one where he takes a rod and he throws it down and turns it into a snake. And then there's all these other plagues. And, and Moses is orchestrating these things with God's help. And so you're sitting there and you're like, well, that would have been pretty awesome, right? That would have been enough. Like that would have been like a spiritual experience. Like I think you'd be doing pretty well in your faith after that, right? You'd feel good about it. And then there's like the passing through the Red Sea, 
right? Where like he's passing through the Red Sea and there's this walls of, of water that are kind of there and, and then they pass through and then the Egyptians come through and, and, and then eventually the water comes back down. There's like stories of like Moses and the people, they're fighting these battles and like when he leaves his arms up, they're winning and if his arms come down, they start to lose. And, and then you got to think about like the Ten Commandments, like the, the idea that like if this story happened the way it did, that he literally walks up on a mountain and that, that God writes on these tablets these ideas of human decency and these commands and these things that still impact us today thousands and thousands of years later. And then like leading people through the wilderness and the manna coming through the camp and all. I mean, think about that. This guy experienced all of that. And most of us in this room, when it comes to our faith journey, if we'd experienced even any of those things, like just think about how we would feel about God and our faith and the mountaintop experience. And, and like you would, like you ladies, like you guys love women's Bible studies. And there's nothing wrong with Bible studies, but you get together and you cry and you talk about your feelings and all that stuff. And <laughs> you guys feel good, right? And it's like this mountaintop experience and you feel close to God because you're close to people. And, but imagine living through that. But then it got me thinking too, like all of those things that I just talked about, like those were destinations and those were journeys and these were like these big things that we know about Moses and we go through any Bible character and talk about that. But how many ordinary days were there? How many days were there when it was just like you're not, you know, up on a mountain and God's writing on a tablet? You're not watching water part so that you can pass through. Uh, like we have these kind of ideas about our faith that it's always going to be like this big grand thing. But what about the ordinary? You know, you know, we always have destinations that we want to end up at and places we want to go. But the reality is most of life is not spent, you know, on a trip. It's just life. It's ordinary. But we don't talk about the in-between days. Like, we don't talk about the Tuesday after the Red Sea with Moses. You know, like, well, what's going to happen today, Moses? I don't know. We're going to have some manna, you know? Like, what's what we're going to do today? But the reality is, is that's most of life, isn't it? And, and the same is true of us. Like, you know, I joke about the women's study. But, like, you know, you guys have been on things. But I've been on mission trips. And you go on a mission trip. You Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico. You go on these things. Nathan and Justy go into... To where, you know, I mean, you go on these places and you have these experiences and you meet people that you see that are connected to God and doing things. And, and it's like this experience. And then you get on a plane and you come home, you know, and the first thing you do is you stop in the airport and you go to McDonald's or you go to the pizza place and you get crappy service from people with bad attitudes. And you're like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. There's different seasons in life. There's different goals in life. There's different things that shape us and form us. And the reality is what I've learned is so often it's not the big stuff. It's the small stuff. It's the ordinary stuff is where I'm actually shaped and formed. And different seasons that we go on. I mean, um, think, think about this. Like some of us in this room, when it comes to our faith, um, we grew up in church. In fact, most people that come to Journey grew up in church. The majority of people that come to Journey, you may not know this, are people that had grown up in church but then did not go to church for a long period of time. And then maybe they start to have kids and they start to come back or whatever it is. But, but most people are people that had like this long stretch at some point in their story because I've heard a lot of the stories 
And then eventually they decide that they want to come back to faith. And, and so, you know, there's this like moment where they were excited about God and their faith, or maybe they felt like they had to go because your parents told you you had to go. And if you don't go, you don't get to eat lunch and that type of thing. That was told to me a couple times. And so, you know, um, you know, you do this, and so you're excited, and then you're not. And then now you're excited again because something happened or you found something. And so there's all of these seasons. I mean, some of us, let's be honest, we've had seasons where we felt really connected to God. Like, you know, you ever been to, like, a conference, like I said, a mission trip or something? And, and like, it's, it's, you know what I've learned about being connected to God? If the room is full, God was there, right? If the room is empty, eh, I don't know if he was here or not, you know? But we've all had these experience in these things. But what I'm learning is it's not just the final destinations or the big trips or the big things. It's the little things. It's the daily. It's the ordinary. Those are the times where we find out where we kind of stand in our faith journey. And we are on a journey. We are moving in life. Even when it doesn't feel like we're on a big trip, like we're moving in life. Even when it doesn't feel like we have this big destination that we're headed to sometimes or this big thing that's going to happen in our life, we're on a journey. One of the most popular and comforting verses, uh, section of verses in the Bible is the 23rd Psalm. You guys are familiar with this thing. And we, we read it a lot at funerals, which is fine. It's comforting. But, but the reality is, is I think the 23rd Psalm is more about when we're alive than we're actually dead. Because it's, it's the verses, it's about a journey. Listen to what it says in Psalm 23. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. So it's this idea of a shepherd. That TV is really crooked. Sorry. And so uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's like this idea that he's like leading us. So that's what a shepherd does. He guides. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, okay? So there's like moments in life, and let's just be honest, where we need to rest. We need to take a time out. We talked about this in the first week. There, there's moments, listen, you guys and me, we are so busy. I mean, all the time busy. Something's got to happen. Something's got to be going on. There's sports practices. There's this, this, and this. And sometimes we just need to lay down. And sometimes in our journey, that's what we need. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. And here's the, the, the famous part. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this section of scripture, I think it talks about the adventures of, of life, the journey of life, that there's good seasons and there's bad seasons. There's things that we experience that draw us closer to God, and there's things that we feel like that are pulling us from God. What I love about this verse, and why I think it's applied more to life than the funerals, is it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Did you notice that it doesn't say, even though I lay down there, even though I camp out there? So what it's saying is, it's a journey, it's, it's an adventure, it, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. We walk through this. And the reality is, and we talk about this all of the time, Every single person in this room will walk through a dark valley. And more than likely, the longer you live, there'll be multiple ones. There isn't tragedy or pain that isn't going to touch. And all of us, none of us will avoid that in life. It's going to hit all of us. And so we walk through that. There are seasons of life that many of you in this room, because I can tell your stories, have gone through that nobody should ever have to or, or should go through. But you've gone through it. And you've walked through it. But, and here's the but, according to this, you don't stay there. You walk through it. 
It's a part of the story. It's not the whole story. See, I think what happens in the ordinary is, is this. See, we have these big like bookend chapters of our life and we did this and then we did this and we have these big things. Um, but the reality is, is we often find ourselves in the middle. And the middle of something feels unsettled and it feels not right sometimes, right? You ever find yourself unsettled? Like you're sitting there and you're in between these big things. It feels often like, at least for me, that we're in the middle of the story, and the middle, if we're honest, is a tough place to be because we're waiting and we're anticipating and we're hoping. Sometimes when we're in between like the big kind of things in life, sometimes it feels like nothing's happening. Sometimes it makes our lives feel a little stagnant. Sometimes it maybe feels lonely. Sometimes we're longing for a different season Right? Anybody ever been in a tough season and all you can think about is, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get out of this? How long? We talked first week, how long, oh Lord? And what's interesting is when we think about life, we think about the big things. These are like the big things that God works through, you know, where we go to college and where we're going to work at and are we ever going to find a spouse and are we going to move to a new city and are we going to live somewhere and what are our kids going to be like and what's our relationship with our parents? And so we think about these big things, but then there's all these like in-between as we've talked about these little things, the ordinary, right? Work coffee with friends, eating meals, time with family. That's the majority of your life, by the way. And so is God in those things too. And how do we change our perspective when we're on this journey that we don't feel like this kind of in-between? We don't feel like Moses on Wednesday, we're like, well, there was the Red Sea and there's the commandments, but Wednesday kind of stinks, you know? So how do we change our perspective in life? Because not everything's a destination. Not everything's the beach. And even when we get there, sometimes it's not what we thought it was going to be. And so how do we change our expect perspective when we're going through life? I think the first step is this, and this is the first point, is learn to appreciate the process. Nobody likes the process, right? <laughs> do you? The Philadelphia 76ers, <clears throat> they had this motto for years that was trust the process. They never won. <laughs> It got real hard for people to trust the process, right? The process can be hard. I love what John Ortberg once said. He said this, what we wait for is not nearly as important as what happens to us while we're waiting. Sometimes in the waiting, which everybody hates, nobody likes to wait. We, we talked about this. I mean, I'm an impatient person, right? We talked about my driving, drive throughs I don't even go to Taco Bell anymore because it's just a waste of my life at this point. Um, I, I can't handle it. Like, it just, I don't like to wait. But when it comes to life, if I'm honest, what I've learned is a lot of the seasons that I have to wait in are also in the seasons that I've grown in. So you have to trust the process. So, sometimes we have to understand that you know, that God's desire is to mature us. And sometimes it's in the waiting where we develop our character. Sometimes it's in the waiting we actually learn to appreciate the things that we actually have. I mean, how many lessons have you learned in the past five years that you didn't see coming, right? Because you, you were wanting the Red Sea experience, but you got Thursday, right? <laughs> but what did you learn on Thursday, 
Sometimes it's the small things. Sometimes in the waiting, we feel like we're enduring life. Those are the moments where we actually learn the most about ourselves and who we are and who God is calling us to be. I think the other thing is this, is sometimes we want to skip the waiting. And if you skip the waiting, here's what you have to know. You can never be fully present because you're just looking for something else. So sometimes even in the waiting, it's this idea of being present and learning to be happy, appreciate even those moments and to trust the process. Because the reality is, and we say this every time, see what happens in life, and I'm not part of my sermon, I need to end, but, but here's the thing. We go through stuff, we experience stuff, we come out on the other end, we thank God, not necessarily that we had to go through it, but that we've come out for it, we feel bigger and stronger, and then the next thing pops up, and where do we start? Oh, woe is me again, right? Second thing is this. Remember that there is a proper time for everything, and I hate this. I do. And I, like, I try to argue all the time with the Bible that I don't believe this. But then every experience I've had in life has shown me that this is true. That there's a time for everything, a season for every purpose under heaven. So like this idea over and over again that, that God has been, and there's this great verse that says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Which is like the idea that, that like sometimes there, there's things that we have to wait for, things we have to go through and you know, it's just part of it is that there's a right time for it. Sometimes when we look back at our life, we realize that if I'd had to go through that now, it wouldn't have been good. Or if I would have gotten that when I wanted it, right? If I'd have gotten, the, you know, the, the Corvette when I was 16, I'd probably be dead. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't have a Corvette, just so you guys know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the right thing at the wrong time is often the wrong thing. And so maybe it's one of those things where we have to realize and we have to realize that there is a time for some of these things. And again, maybe part of it is this, is that every day carries a distinct beauty in itself. And so we have to be open to that and to be open to what maybe is before us today, even if it's not what we expected. Sometimes we get stuck in these daily routines. I don't know if you guys have a daily routine, but we get stuck in these daily routines. And when we get stuck in these things, we think they're good. And I think routines are are good. But sometimes the problem with routine is you forget all of the beauty and wonder that's around you. Because it just becomes a routine. So maybe we have to learn to appreciate even those moments and to know that some of the big stuff, that there is a time for that. And then lastly, I want to say this about the journey and the everyday Um, is to learn to practice gratitude. We have so much to be grateful for, and yet we're so miserable all the time, aren't we? Why? Like, have you ever just stopped and asked yourself that? Like, why are we so miserable when it comes? Why are we so angry? Why do we want so many things, and yet we have more than most people, not only in the world, but throughout human history have ever even had access to? The Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, so rejoice and be glad in it. The reality is, is sometimes when I get stuck in my daily routine and the things that are going on, and especially in the waiting, because nobody likes the waiting, um, the problem with that is we forget to look at the hundred things around us that we have to be grateful for. Because all we're thinking about is the one thing we don't have. The one place we want to be that we're not because we have to wait to get there. And we've talked about this before, even the ability to breathe is a gift. The water you drink, 
the hot dogs that you are about to go eat, because you're all going to go eat hot dogs and help us get to beach camp, right? I mean, think about those things. If we choose to notice and appreciate what God has already given us, then maybe God can honor and make our life more enjoyable, to learn to appreciate the daily things, not just the big things. There's this great quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and if you don't read Ralph Waldo Emerson, you should, but here's what he says. He says this, to finish the moment, to find the journey's end in every step of the road, to live the greatest number of good hours is wisdom. I don't know what just happened there, but it's a great quote, all right? And I love this, to finish the moment, to find the journey's end in every step of the road, even the boring ones, even the ordinary ones, and even the ones where you wait. One of the things that I love about the Bible that I'm starting to appreciate the most is that um, when the Bible talks about our faith, it talks about this idea of daily and here's why this is really important, because I think for some of us, what we've convinced ourselves of is, is like the Moses big moments, that those are the moments when our faith grows. Like, but, but the reality is, is that it's a daily thing. So let me confess to you and just be honest with you. Um, some days I don't want to do what I do because it's hard. Some days it's tough for me to believe some of the things that I get up here and say. Now, I'm not saying every day, but some days it is. It's tough. And then there's other days where it's so easy and clear for me to see what God is using what we're doing and what we're saying and to see the people that it's impacting and to see what he's doing in this world. And it's so easy, and I couldn't think of even imagine doing anything else. There are some days where I have a really bad attitude. I know it's shocking. There are days I am not pleasant to be around. It's just reality. There are days our church staff, and they're going to get mad at me in saying this, but, you know, we work at a church. This should be the happiest place to work for. It is not. <laughs> there are days we go at each other. There are days we have disagreements. There are days we argue. There are days that people will call me and be like, well, what am I supposed to do about this? And I'm like, I don't know, punch them. I don't know, just figure it out, right? I would never say that. And here's why I tell you all that. Because what I'm learning more and more is it's a daily thing, right? Sundays you feel good because you go to church. But Monday's coming, Right? And then Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then Friday, and then Saturday. Beach camp's going to be next week. And man, those high school kids, they're going to have the best time. And it's going to be so awesome. And every single one of those kids is going to feel really connected to God. And some of them are going to make choices and decisions, and it's going to be awesome. And kids with bad attitudes are going to have good attitudes for six or seven days. And it's going to be awesome. And they're going to get back. And you know what's going to happen? Saturday. And some of you, your kids, they'll be like, you were supposed to fix them. You didn't fix them. <laughs> you know why? Because it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Following Jesus is a daily choice. Being a better person is a daily thing. It's not a one-time commitment. You don't just get baptized and your life just gets together. 
It's daily. Following Jesus, choosing joy, and it is a choice. Learning to find contentment, it's daily. Because I'm content today, and then I see something tomorrow, right? It's daily. And so it's a daily thing. And so as we're on these journeys, what we have to realize is it's a daily thing. It's a daily choice to love, to serve, to offer grace, to seek justice, to embrace empathy. It's a daily thing. Listen, don't be a jerk. It's a daily choice. There are days I wake up and I just feel like being a jerk. Don't, right? There are days you wake up and you see stuff on social media in spite of everything that's happened this week. And there are things that people have posted and I'm excited about what's happened this week. And I put, read their post and I'm like, no, that is not the way to handle this. That was ugly. It's a daily thing. I love this quote. The days are long, but the years are short. And it's true. It's true of being a parent. It's true of being a spouse. It's true of life. And so daily we make choices of who we're becoming and what we're going to do. And I want us all to learn to make the most of the time we've been given. Even on the ordinary days. Even on the days where it's not where we want to be. Because we're all on a journey. And there are destinations we find ourselves headed to. And if we can learn to daily breathe. And daily eat the bread that we're given. And daily be grateful for what we've been given. If we can do that. Maybe we'll discover this trip we find ourselves on isn't so bad after all. Let's pray.